Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Okay, we're going to start in the book of Acts here today. I got a word for you. Get ready. All I'm telling you is this. Get ready, y'all. Prepare yourself. And I'm going to say this in all seriousness. Wow. Prepare your hearts to receive a nudge from the Ruach Elohim, from the Spirit of God. Those of you watching online, get ready. Prepare yourself. Uh, and, uh, and boy, Linda Summers, I'm so, I love Linda Summers. She is just one of my favorite people. She's a member. She's in South Alabama, though, and so good to have you back up here. And, and Linda, I'm going to tell you what. You're going to love this message. You're going to love it. Linda's going to be one of the people who love this message. I'm going to tell you why Linda's lived the message that I'm about to give. She has lived it. And, uh, and, and I'm going to say this. Most people haven't. Okay, so... Uh, Fair, I'm telling you, uh, it's interesting because the last couple of years during the pandemic, it has been really challenging, as you all know. And the Lord has just ministered to me to, to minister uh, in a certain way, in a healing touch and, and, uh, uh, and, and encouragement and all. But you know what? Even after you get some surgery, I was telling somebody before the service, after you get some surgery and after you have been convalescing a while and, and, you know, and, and healing... At a certain point, you've got to get back to the gym, <laughs> right? If you don't get back to the gym, it ain't going to be good. Okay, we're going to the gym today. Fair warning. Acts chapter 8. Okay, listen. In this new season we have here at Bethlehem, Chadash, this new, I talked about a new season. We have to be ready to go again here at Bethlehem. I'm so happy to see all of you here today. In addition to those of you watching, Acts chapter 8. I'm going to read a good bit of this story. Why? Because it all is relevant, and, and, and I haven't really read this story much, and so something that, uh, just tune in to this interesting story. This is after Yeshua's resurrection stuff, the Talmudim were out there ministering the good news. Verse 26 of Acts 8 says this. Follow the story. It's interesting. Now, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south on the road going down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Okay, that's a desert road. So he got up and went. And behold, an Ethiopian eunuch, an official who was responsible for all, for all the treasures of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, had traveled to Jerusalem to worship and was now returning. So he was on his way back from Jerusalem where he had come to worship. Sitting in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah, just like uh, Joel 
read from Isaiah. The Ruach, the Spirit, said to Philip, go catch up with this chariot. Philip ran up and, and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, the Ethiopian said, unless someone guides me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this. And this is straight from Isaiah chapter 53. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who shall recount his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch replied to Philip, Please tell me, is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this scripture, he proclaimed the good news about Yeshua, of course, because Isaiah 53 is all about Yeshua. Now, as they were going down the road, they came to some water. The eunuch said, look, water, what's to prevent me from being immersed? And he said, if you believe it with all your heart, you're may. He replied, I believe that Yeshua, the Messiah, is the Son of God. He ordered the chariot to stop. They both got down into the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and Philip immersed him. Wow, very interesting story. This is, a, this is an unusual story in the Scripture, really talking about the spreading of the good news of Messiah. That's what a lot of the book of Acts is talking about, is the spreading of the good news of Moshiach, of Messiah Yeshua. But wow, man, a few important things. How about this Ethiopian eunuch? You know, you really got to look at the story, and I want us to examine an angle of it that's, that I find fascinating. How about this Ethiopian eunuch? How about this, this Ethiopian? First of all, you got to understand he traveled a long way to get there. He traveled all the way that says from Ethiopia. They, uh, scholars say that the Ethiopia that was referred to in the scripture was probably more like modern-day Sudan in that area. But even if it's modern-day Sudan, which is a little closer, it's still a long way away. They didn't have El Al Airlines flying in to Jerusalem, to, to Israel. No, 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 friends. We're talking about camels and chariots and along a road that had a lot of potholes, <laughs> okay? They were very unhappy. They were protesting, said, our taxes, there are too many potholes. And then the mayors and the governor said, we'll fill the potholes. And they said, we'll vote for, okay, they didn't do any of that. I'm just making that up. <laughs> but you got to think exactly. First, he traveled to Jerusalem to worship. Let me stop and, and let's think about this. Because it's an immensely long way from Ethiopia or Sudan to Jerusalem to travel for the purpose of worshiping, to worship. Think about that for just a minute. What does that tell you about the Ethiopian? What, think about it, what does it tell you about the Ethiopian? This man was serious about his devotion to God. That, that's what that tells me when I read that. And I think about, this wasn't a guy who had to drive 40 minutes to services. God bless you if you came 40 minutes to services. 
Thank you. God bless you. It's one. I mean, listen, if you came an hour, some of you came an hour. Ooh, okay, even better. Good for you. Hey, listen, you came five minutes. It's wonderful. The, 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 the point is here, he came from Ethiopia. He came from Ethiopia. That's, a, that's, a, that's serious dedication and devotion. And remember, this wasn't some person with nothing else to do. It's like, well, I ain't got anything else to do. I guess I'll go to Jerusalem. No, 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 no. On the contrary, he was an important official responsible for all the treasures of Ethiopia. This guy had a good job, a good high-paying job with a lot of responsibility. He was surely responsible for a lot of people. He was an important and a busy man. I mean, he was traveling in the, in the chariot. The, the guy had a lot going on. The, the guy wasn't lacking things to do. He wasn't an unsuccessful guy. He wasn't a guy who just had plenty of time on his hands. Hello, hello. Think about us now. Think about us and our busyness also. We're also very busy, but he was very busy too. But this wasn't like a 45-minute drive. I mean, he came from via horse, donkey, you know, horse, maybe with the chariot, from all the way in maybe Sudan. Do you know how long that takes? But he felt it important enough to make the long, long journey to Jerusalem to worship. That tells you about this guy's dedication. That tells you about this guy's zeal. That tells you about this guy's passion. Right, Michael? And as if that wasn't enough, I mean, really, Dainu, as if that wasn't enough, even after he made the pilgrimage to Jerusalem, made it all the way there, as the scripture says, to worship, even after that, he was going back home. This was the road from Jerusalem to Gaza where they would take a, kind of the Via Maris down, down to in Africa. And so even on his way back home, it says, he was reading from Isaiah. So this clearly wasn't some guy who was just, well, you know, I believe this, so I'm going to pay my dues, I'm going to check the box, and I'm going to go high holy days. <laughs> I'm just going to go high holy days, and that way, hey, I checked the box, or People from a Christian background, they go Easter and Christmas, okay, check the box, okay, I did my shtick for God this year, you know, uh, hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll bless me, I did my shtick this year. No, 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 this, because somebody like that is going to be like, oh, okay, finished, I'm done, Oof, done, did that, well, now I can get back to what I like to do. No, 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 he enjoyed this, he was into it. So much so that even when he was leaving, when he left, he had already left. He was, you know, all the way on, on the road to the coast. He was still reading from Isaiah. This guy, there was something about him that was voracious for the word of God, voracious for spiritual things. There's no other way to explain it. There was something unique about this Ethiopian and his pursuit of God. This is what the guy was dedicated in his pursuit of God, zealous for God, zealous. It's important to really think about this Ethiopian. How did it work out for him? Well, it worked out pretty well, I'd say. He found Yeshua as his Messiah, and he was immersed right there. Wow, okay. Did you see what his zeal led to? 
it led to revelation. It led to Moshiach, to Messiah. It led to really, really good things. I have a question for you today. It's a pretty simple question. Don't answer it too quickly, though. The question is this. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Now, I'm not talking about bones or Chick-fil-A or, <laughs> or even your boobies chopped chicken liver. I'm not so into chopped chicken liver. I know it's like, I, I don't want to release my Jewish card, but I'm not so into chopped chicken liver, okay? Okay, he, he said, I'll take it. He said, I'll take it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and yes, my friends, we are going to be doing Oneg's again soon. Not quite yet, but it's on the radar. Don't worry. Okay, and listen, all of this is all well and good, but that is not what I'm talking about. I'm asking for you to look inside of yourself. This isn't, if you're watching online, this isn't some rhetorical question. No, I'm asking you legit, silently, but to look inside of yourself and answer the question, are you truly, truly hungry? Hungry for God? Are you, do you hunger for him? Matthew chapter five, we were just here. Those of you who were with me in Israel a month or so ago, we were just on the Mount of Beatitudes uh, where the Sermon on the Mountain took place, really an amazing spot, no question. And what are one of those tudes? <laughs> Matthew chapter five, <laughs> verse six says this. Yeshua says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Mm. Do you hunger and thirst for righteousness? Hunger, thirst. Go, go one day without food. Right? You fast today, and what happens? You hungry. You hungry, right? If you're fasting, especially if it's intentional or, or even if it's not, by, by the time that one day's up, you're like, okay, look at the clock. Okay, it's now been a, pretty much a whole day. Right? Okay, time to eat. You know, I've, I've accomplished the fast, even if you end it in a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this fast. It's been a blessing in Yeshua's name. Amen. Ooh, ooh. Where, let's eat. Where's the bread? I mean, you know, it's like, you, you're looking for, why? Because you're hungry. You fast a couple days. Man, you're hungry. You're hungry, right? Do you hunger for God intensely? Is, is, that, is that you? Is that really, really, really you? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I know what a true hunger is for God looks like. I know what it looks like. A true hunger for God. How do I know what it looks like? I'm gonna tell you. I saw it as a kid growing up. I saw it as a kid growing up, beloved. 
This is before there was Messianic Judaism in Atlanta. And I saw my parents. They had come, my parents had come from a worldly, secular background, secular Jewish background. Very worldly, my parents. No spiritual core, really. And I saw their lives transformed when they came to faith in Yeshua. How much so? Big time. Listen, Rabbi E, my father used to preach, and he used to very openly confess that he was hardcore into the world. Name the vice. It, it, you know, they, they had it covered. Very worldly in every way, shape, or form. Very secular. Incredibly much so. But something happened, y'all, when Yeshua came into their lives. Something happened. Was it an overnight transformation in every area of their lives? No! But you want to know what transformed? They got hungry. They got a hunger. They had a hunger for God. How much so? They made the schlep back and forth to our house of worship at least three times a week. At least three times a week. I'm telling you, Straight up, if the doors were open, they were there. What is that, friends? That's hunger. I'm telling you, hear me on this. I remember, I was a kid. If the doors were open, they were there. I'm not talking about two out of four weeks. I'm not talking about four out of five weeks. I'm talking about 51 weeks a year if we did some kind of vacation for one week and we were out of town, 51 weeks a year, we'd be at least three times a week in the doors, at least, bare minimum. I'm talking about without exception. Were they perfect? Not even close. That's not the point. That's not the point. The point is their lives were being in the process of being transformed. Right, Cheryl? That doesn't happen overnight. That happens when somebody's hungry. They were hungry, my friends, seriously. How is it that God chose them? How is it that God chose them to be pioneers in this Messianic Jewish movement? and changed the world in part by helping to bring about the fulfillment of specific Bible prophecy. Listen, this is not hyperbolic. It's not hyperbolic. My parents, God used as significant major players and pioneers to bring about specific answers to specific biblical prophecies. That's crazy. That, that's, that's stuff that you read about, well, in the Bible. 
How is it that God chose them, this worldly, secular, fleshly couple? I'm going to tell you part of the reason, part of it is that, is that they hungered. They hungered. They went to the house. Not only did they go to the house of God three times a week on a weekly basis, but in addition, they went another evening with Mrs. Haygood, who was discipling them. I remember, I remember they would go, it would be like every Thursday night, we went to Mrs. Haygood's house of blessed memory, Geneva Haygood. I look forward to seeing her in heaven. I was just a kid. But every week, we would go, and, and I would have to tag along. I was a kid, right? And I was just a little kid. And I would tag along, and, and we would go, and they sat there at the table, and I would play or something, watch TV. Or, and they would sit there at the kitchen table for a couple hours, and, they, and she would disciple, and she was teaching them. Every week, every week, every week. This is in addition to three times a week in the house of God. That's four times a week. Four times a week. They would say, well, we, we had a lot to learn, had a lot to learn considering where we started. But friends, look at the fruits. And that's in addition to regular prayer and Bible reading times on their own. I mean, it's not like the four times were the only time. no. That was the basic, that was the foundation, four times a week to, to, to meet, to learn, to grow. And that was just the foundation. That's plus all their Bible reading time, plus all their prayer time. That was plus all their prayer. Friends, they were hungry. That's what hunger looked like. I saw it. My mom of blessed memory was legend in the Messianic Jewish movement. She was the first and only female president in the Messianic Jewish Alliance in its over 100-year history, the largest organization of Messianic Jewish believers. Known for her wisdom, my experience was that there wasn't a situation that she did not know the right thing to do. I know my sister's here. She would agree with that. It, there was not a situation that she did not know the right thing to do. Y'all, that's one of the reasons why I really miss her. I'm looking forward to seeing her in heaven. But I, I tell you, it's been one of the hardest things in ministry for me. I'll tell you a personal aside that I'll share very short and move along just so I can keep my composure. But it's been very hard because sometimes the hardest parts of ministry, the hardest questions that I'm just, just befuddled on, because I'm not at that level. I, I just think, man, God, I just wish I could talk to her and ask her, you know? I'm going to move along. <laughs> Mom wasn't always that way. She was hungry. You see, she was hungry. My dad was a powerhouse, a powerhouse his preaching was so anointed and powerful. Anybody who heard Rabbi Robert, listen, listen to some of his old messages. I'll tell you a little secret. We're working on a project to get some of them available, okay? As chairman of the IAMCS for six years, he led the congregational movement in Messianic Judaism for years. He was the chairman of the synagogal organization that had the most synagogues of any organization in the whole Messianic movement. And he was the chairman for not one, not two, but three terms. Only one of the guys ever been the chairman three terms before. 
That was my dad. It's been, it's been 15 years since he was a senior rabbi, and he is still known as the most quoted rabbi in the movement today. He's still known. And you ask any Messianic rabbi in the movement, who's the most quoted rabbi in the movement today, 15 years later, they're going to tell you Rabbi Robert Solomon. That's what they're going to say. See, he was hungry. How do you get from there to there? How do you get from there to there? He was hungry, you see. I'm going to say this lovingly. Most of our congregation is not that hungry. I ask you again, are you hungry? Hungry for God. How often do you read your word? How often do you pray? Let me ask you this. How many times this year have you come to Tuesday night scripture study? How many times? You think in your head. Do the calculation. It's going to be real challenging for some of you. How many times this year have you come to Tuesday night scripture study? See, it's not that Tuesday night scripture study is a panacea or that the study is always breathtakingly amazing, although it's always good. It's that it reflects upon you. It reflects upon your hunger. When my parents went to services during the midweek teaching, it wasn't always new to them. My gosh, they were studying the Bible so much. It wasn't always new to them. It wasn't always profound and earth-shattering. But my parents were hungry, and it was an opportunity for them to grow and to get something from God that day so they were there. The doors are open. I can learn something about God. I might pick up anything. I'm going. Let's go. Man, what an opportunity to, to learn more and to connect more with the God of the universe and to learn more about him and to, and to grow in my walk, man, there's nothing that's gonna stop me. I'm there. Was it always convenient? No. They drove a long way to get there. I remember, I was in the back seat. <laughs> was it because they had nothing else to do? No, they had plenty to do. It's not like dad was, was, was some guy who just didn't, didn't even go to work. It was like, ah, just into the word of God all day, all night, and just word of God. And well, you know what? Maybe they repossess my house because I'm not working, but that's okay. I've got the Lord. <laughs> no, friends, he, he was a hard worker. This is before ministry. This is before ministry. This is a lay person in the congregation. No, he worked hard. He worked a lot of hours. I remember. He got up at 4.30 every morning to go to work. 4.30. 4.30 every morning. My dad got up. 4.30 every morning. Dad got up. 4.30. It's not like he didn't have It's not like, well, you know, we, we, maybe they were tired a little bit. Yeah, they were tired. You better believe it. You get up 4.30 every day. You don't feel like going Wednesday night, maybe one week. Maybe one week in the year. No, they came. 
They made it a priority. Why? They were hungry. You see? You see? You see what I'm trying to? Ooh, man, I did, I did warn you. I did warn you. I did warn. I warned everybody. I said, this is going to be a little bit of a different message. Are you hungry? Psalm 63, please. Psalm 63. Ooh, it's an encouragement to you all, though, friends. It's an exhortation to you all. It's a challenge. I'll tell you that. It's a challenge. Because, you know, when I asked it at the very beginning, are you hungry? It's easy for you just to react, yeah, I'm hungry for God. Oh, let's really, let's really think about it before we answer that question. Psalm 63, verse 2 says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Earnestly, David said, he sought God. There's another guy who sought God. There's another guy who's hungry. David, wow, how, how'd that work out? David said that his flesh longs for God as someone who is parched with long for water and a dry and weary land. Is that how you feel? I ask you, I mean, is that how you feel? When it comes to, when it comes to God and seeking God and hungry for God, do you feel, is, is your attitude, when you reflect upon yourself honestly in your own mind, and your own heart, do you feel like it's almost like somebody who's in a desert and you're like so thirsty, you just gotta have something to drink and you're like, God, I just gotta have some water, please. I gotta have some water. Is that your attitude about God? Is that how you feel? I'm gonna say probably not. Probably not even close. If, if you're being honest with yourself. That's what David said, though. That's what David said. That's his standard. Is that how you feel? Honestly, here's the honest, here's the honest truth about your hunger for God. The real, real truth of the answer is evidenced by your actions. Your actions reveal if you're hungry or not. That's the truth of it. It's not what you say. I'm hungry, I'm hungry. No, 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 no. That's pretty worthless. What matters is, is this. What matters is, is what this says. <laughs> hmm, okay, put that back down. <laughs> it's evidenced by your actions. Are you regularly looking to serve God? Is your heart to do something for God? to serve them in the homeless shelter, to encourage somebody in need, to serve as an usher, to dig into your word. If you're local, to come to God's house regularly, to, to learn of him, to grow in him. Friends, my mom prayed for wisdom daily. Daily. Every day she was praying for wisdom. You know, I look back and, and think, how is it this year? I remember a lot. I remember there were times, I remember there was one, this one instance where I was just, as rabbi, this was, I don't know, some number of years ago, I was a rabbi already, and I was struggling about, oh, what do I do about this situation? Do this or that, this or that, this or that, and I don't know, and I, I would say, well, I can see this. I prayed about it. I, I, I thought about it. I, I, I was just, I was torn. I was torn a lot. I was torn. 
this or that, this or that. I don't know. I don't know. Big thing in ministry, hard decision, this or that, this or that. And it was just wearisome for me. For days, I struggled with this, truly. Probably five days, I was just just disturbed. I couldn't. Right when I saw this, I thought this and then the other. Finally, I called my mom. Mom, here's the situation, yada, 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 and I've got this or that. And she said, oh, well, son, it's this. And I said, of course. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It's an honest, honest, true story. She said it's this. And I'm like, at the moment she said it's this, it was like, how could I be so blind not to have seen it to start with? Of, co- of course it's this. Of course. But it like took her two seconds to discern it. She prayed for wisdom every day for decades. She was hungry. I love the music of Messianic Jew Keith Green of Blessed Memory. Man, his lyrics are some of the best in the history of believing music. Man, he was hungry. He was hungry. I... Listen, I encourage you to listen to all Keith Green. My kids know I've been listening to Keith Green this week. I was blasting some Keith Green at home. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I encourage you to listen to the song, Asleep in the Light. And listen to it with you know, some place where you can really hear the lyrics, or sometimes you can watch it online with the lyrics displayed so that you can hear the message. But when you do, I encourage you to listen to Asleep in the Light When you listen to that song, get ready. Get ready. It's intense. It's intense. It's somebody who's hungry. I'll give you part of the lyrics of the song. Part of the lyrics are this. Oh, bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. You know, it's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one hurts. No one even sheds one tear. But he cries, he weeps, he bleeds, and he cares for your needs. And you just lay back and keep soaking it in. Oh, can't you see it's such a sin? Because he brings people to your door, and you turn them away, and you smile and say, God bless you, be at peace. And all heaven just weeps. Because Yeshua came to your door, and you've left them out on the streets. The world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? Yeshua rose from the grave and you, you can't even get out of bed. God, that speaks to me. God, that speaks to me. That can make me start crying right up here right now. God, I've got a long way to go. Listen, I'm preaching to myself too. Your rabbi's got a long way to go, man. I need to be more hungry. Oh, man, that's hunger right there. Sure, we have lots of needs here at Bethel. My gosh, we got a lot of needs. Man, we need some help. Members, I'm talking to you for a minute. Members, my gosh, man, we need some help. We need some help, sure. Prayer team, I've emailed this week about that. Visual presentation ministry, sound ministry, streaming ministry, music ministry, greeting ministry, library ministry, ushering ministry, many other ministries. Yes, we have a lot of needs in all, every one of those. 
That's not even the point, my friends. We shouldn't do things out of obligation. We should do things because we are compelled out of our hunger, out of our hunger for righteousness, to serve God and to serve our fellow man. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? The point here is, friends, the point here is not to condemn anyone for not being passionate, but rather to motivate you to become more passionate for God. Sometimes we're just not thinking about it because we get distracted by life. I understand, beloved. We just become too distracted by our daily lives, day-to-day stuff. Listen, the pandemic was tough on everybody, no doubt, but it's time we renew our passion for God. It's been easy being on the symbolic lazy boy. (laughs) All love to those of you watching online on a lazy boy right now. Okay, listen, I'm not... (laughs) I use the word symbolic, okay? (laughs) Although if you're local, we would love to see you in person. (laughs) Friends, it takes effort. It takes effort. The pandemic has, I think, helped, has helped in a bad way, has conditioned us. Just take it easy. You know. We haven't been out doing things as much, right? For two years, we were kind of cooped up. My gosh, you know, in the assisted living, my dad was in, they, they literally locked him down for a year. You know, and, and, and so many of us in the last two years have, you know, you, you start to de- develop habits. You get out of habits and you develop new habits, Right? And you get out of the habit of regularly serving, regularly coming, regularly helping other people. To, to the, you get into this habit of, of just kind of like, uh, you know, uh, a, a, like a cloister, like you're in like a, a cocoon or something. And, and listen, I understand. I've, listen, I've been with you on this, this, this journey, okay? I understand. Okay, but now, friends, we, we can't lose that which we have, which is our passion, our hunger for God. Hello? It's got to, we got to, some people need to re-pick that up again. Re-pick that up again. It takes effort. But if we're truly hungry, you see, it will, it will become more natural to want to serve God and to do these things. You see, some people, it's like, well, okay, well, I, I guess I should volunteer to do this just so, you know, to give God. Sort of like I talked about with people who go once a year to, to services. Okay, I guess I'll, I'll do this for God. That way I can check the box of doing something for God. It's, it's, it's listen. It's not the right attitude. It's not where the genesis of it should come from. It should come out of a hunger for God. My parents, they didn't care. They didn't care if they had position. Gosh, they didn't care. They came into into God's house every time the door was open. And they they couldn't have cared less. but, But if anybody needed something, if something needed to be done, they'd volunteer to do it. My dad would volunteer to do it, except for music ministry. (laughs) there was a good reason for that though (laughs) my dad used to say that he sings so bad he throws soap at himself in the shower (laughs) 
It's a great line. I love that one. And, and, and being in the car with him a lot and hearing him sing, I can attest to the truthfulness of that, okay? The Lord never called him to music ministry. <laughs> but other than that, man, he, he was game. Very briefly, and I'm going to just absolutely go through these quickly, I've got three final scriptures to encourage you and your zeal for God. Because, again, my goal, brothers and sisters, is not to condemn you. I'm preaching to myself, too. It's not about feeling bad about where you've been. It's about, okay, here we are today. Where are we moving forward? Where are we moving forward? Where are we moving from today and tomorrow forward? Okay, it's time to get going. It's time to get going again. Romans chapter 12. Okay, let these scriptures sink deep into your spirit. Let them sink deep into your spirit. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Do not be lagging in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Keep serving the Lord. Okay, be fervent, my friends. Be fervent. Don't lack in zeal. Do you lack in zeal for God? Some of you watching online right now, I know are, are convicted uh, by this message. I know it. Let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord minister to you. Let the Lord touch you in your hunger for God. First John, first John chapter three. First John chapter three. Everybody knows, rightly so, John 3:16. Wonderful passage. Another great one is First John 3:16. First John 3:16, which is a great one. Also, which says this, we have come to know love by this. Yeshua laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Hello, my friends. That doesn't mean that when it's convenient or when you have a little extra time or when it's not so far a drive. Why should we be so hungry why should we be so hungry? Because we appreciate how Yeshua laid down his life for us. He wasn't too busy. He wasn't too stressed. No, 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 friends. He gave it all for you. He gave it all for you. That's why you should be hungry, out of, out of just pure gratitude to, to the one who saves us. Thank you, Lord God. Man, I want more of you, God, the creator of the universe. Not checking a box, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Yes, we're about to close. Deuteronomy 6, you know it, you know it the Shema and part of the Shema. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, we say it every Shabbat. Love Adonai, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength. Did you hear the alls? With the alls? Uh, the alls that are in there? With all, with everything. Beloved. Oh, beloved, we can't make excuses. Being out of the habit, busyness, stress, distance, tiredness, worry, complacency. No. The title of my message is, Are You Hungry?
Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord, man. Mm. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you're here and you've never committed your life to God, but you would like to, wherever you are, just raise your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. Is there anybody who's never said yes to God? If that's you, just lift your hand and we'll pray together. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're watching online and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If that's you, say this simple prayer. Say, dear God, oh, Lord, I accept Yeshua as my Messiah. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. God, I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. I want to hunger and thirst after you in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. It's the best decision you ever made. You can never make a better decision. You can never make a better decision than to follow God. Your hunger is rewarded. God, I want to pray for everybody else here. Lord, all the rest of us, Lord, who, Lord, I know that we all need to be ramping up our hunger for you, oh God. Lord, there's there's fruit of it. There's fruit of it that comes out. I think of Linda Summer sitting right here today who's written book after book after book after devotional after devotional after book after book. Where does that come? It's come because she's been a hungry person. She's been hungry for God. For decades, she's been hungry. And well, you know what? You can tell. You can tell. God, give us all that hunger. Give us all that hunger for you that we need. I don't care how old we are. I don't care if... Lord, it says, a 10-year-old in here. God, I pray for a hunger for you like never before. Yes, convict us. I don't mind saying it. It's a challenge message. Convict us, Lord, by your ruach, Lord, that we need to get out of our complacency and start serving you now more than ever. Thank you, oh Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We bless you for it. I'm excited about the new chadash, the new season we have here at Bethel. Lord, thank you for this, God. We love you with all of our hearts. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethel family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, 
Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Lie, 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 lie.